Welcome to the Breaking Bots Podcast. Please put on your safety goggles, tighten your seatbelt and enjoy the ride. Here are your hosts, Brian and Cam. Alrighty folks, welcome to Breaking Bots, episode number five. Five, yes. And uh, so we've had one episode of BattleBots air for season four. And it was awesome. We'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah, I am uh, very excited on the new format. Yes. I, I wasn't sure about it. I was like, wow, two hours? But yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm hook, line, and sinker. The extra fights, um, the extra background stuff. So, um, But yeah, tell us about uh, our first guest of the season, essentially. Uh, well, we have... Leanne it- Cushing. Wow. I just I cut couldn't you even, off. I know. You, you tell me to tell you about the guest, and then you just do it. What, Sorry. I mean, what the hell? My bad. Okay. <laughs> yes, we had Leanne Cushing from Team, and I got this wrong at first, uh, Questionable Designs. Yeah, um, you said Questionable Choices. Yeah, I kind of combined them in Poor Life Choices. My right. bad. Rest in peace. But uh, but you might really better know her as the team captain for... Uh, Valkyrie. The, yeah, the robot Valkyrie for from BattleBots. I was trying to figure out how to phrase that, but... Yeah, so, and she was a fantastic guest. Uh, yeah. We get into it about, um, you know, the undercutter design, uh, just going through their... Yeah, and hex toys and um, stupid questions and stupid accents, and we get into all that. It's great. Yeah, uh, what it's like working with our pal Jonathan from Huge. Yeah, so, uh, you know what? We're just going to throw it right into it, because it, it, this is a long interview, but we could have gone on for hours, let's just be honest. Seriously. So, uh, without further ado, here is Leanne Cushing from BattleBot Valkyrie. Already, and we are back. And we'd like to welcome a special guest this week. We have uh, the captain of Team Valkyrie. And Brian, what did you say this team name was outside of the uh, BattleBots? Questionable Choices. Another good name. Yes, I so, love the names like that. So anyway, we have uh, we have Leanne Cushing joining us from uh, a remote location in the Northeast. Leanne, how are you doing tonight? Hello. Yeah, um, I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm actually at the moment in New Hampshire, and it's fantastic. The nice thing being in Boston is uh, you drive any direction in about two hours, and you can be in at least one other state. Um, but yeah, also, it's questionable designs. Not no. Questionable. It was question. Yeah, I had. Um, I got questionable, right? I think you were thinking yeah, of poor like, life choices. You, yeah, you I, yeah, I did kind of combine those two names, didn't I? Yeah, you d- yeah that that's... That, <laughs> That's close. We actually originally were um, trying to come up with a, an acronym for our team before, well before we even came up with Valkyrie. Um, and so we were at first Squid Inc., but that's way more Googleable with a bunch of different acronyms. And what it stood for was somewhat questionable, questionable unmanned instruments of destruction in North Cambridge, because that's where we were at the time. My teammates Alex Brooks came up with that. And so then when we're like, uh, we need to make an LLC because business stuff. And uh, I just was like, yeah, how about questionable designs? It's shorter. It like delivers the fact that we do a lot of we're not sure what will happen. Let's try. Let's iterate. Let's test. Um, and yeah, we've kind of kept that since. 
Nice. Now, I will say this. Valkyrie, to me, is not a questionable design because it was one of my favorite robots of last year. Ah, good. Thank you. I, I will say on the occasion, I do look over Reddit and I feel like I'm one of the least talks about robots ever. I'm like, but we work well. Like, we work well now. At the beginning of the season last year, a clutch system was not really uh, sticking to it. Like, we had a lot of, you know, bugs. Like, we're not allowed to really check the testing or anything. Um, and so, like, we just sort of every match we learned something new. Even our exhibition match with Charles, we actually already had an agenda going into it what we wanted to see we could like how Valkyrie would behave, which is, you know, sagging and like the vertical position, um, mm-hmm. seeing if we could behead overhaul. Cause like that happened, uh, <laughs> with the XCDT at Motorama with Fred. And then, um, if we could do anything upside down and then what we'd have to adjust if we couldn't be upside down. So yeah, no, uh, no. but I don't know. It's a, it's a good robot. And it's also now like we've had, this is the third or fourth iteration full design robot wise. Like, hmm. We've kept maintained a lot of the same stuff from last year, but we did have a lot of changes of just like we're four engineers who obsessively iterate on stuff and just think about it. So like we knew well before the season was announced what we wanted to change. Okay, because externally it looks very much the same, but sounds from you saying that that a lot of uh, improvements were made inside. What were some of the major ones that you did this season? So we switched um, our drivetrain. We were running 48-volt amp flows last year. We dropped to 24-volt because we kept blowing out a motor on a side, which we just didn't, like... I, I, I did the drivetrain on, on Valkyrie, and I couldn't for the life of me. I've never had this in any of the vehicles I've designed. Um, never really had it come up in any other robotics projects, both, like, in my work or just, like, hobby stuff. And I was so perplexed. Like, it was always... It, it varied what side the motor was dying and then we actually had one side of drive die in our fight. Like, cause yeah, I can't talk about the hypershock fight, right? Oh yeah. yeah. It's, it's been on, uh, it aired. Really? So, so this was a fix that we figured out literally after that fight. Um, and then we changed everything really quickly cause our robot's incredibly modular. And it, we found out that, um, our base plate was, it's half inch aluminum was flexing and punching in the brushes, um, into whatever drive side motor we got the hit. So we had to happen with lockjaw. We had it happen with... Was it Ultimo? Uh, yeah, well, Ultimo had a lot of problems. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was talked into this custom hot, like controller. It was like this hybrid bus, like beep, beep bus uh, controller that one of our MIT friends was like tinkering with. He's like, no, 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 I got you. This is good for 400 amps. You have your 40 horsepower boat motor. It wants to like do at least a pulse of up to 300 you'll be fine. Use this. And so we're like, okay, we'll try it. And then it didn't have current limiting and, uh, we didn't have our clutch system fully tightened in for when we hit Ultimo the first time. So once we hit him, the clutch didn't slip at all. All that energy backtracked into our motor because there's no current limiting. So rather than blowing up the controller, we blew up a $2,000 motor. Ouch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but we were able to like figure that out last year and obviously we had a better season by the end of the year. And then, um, this year was just like, what went really wrong? What went condition, conditionally wrong? What else can we add to it? Um, and so we have like, like, if you look actually, if I, I always see a face when I look at Valkyrie cause of the giant, like M16, uh, bolts on the front, it looks like a little bit of a like beak and then eyes, mm-hmm. um, 
And if you look at it, we're actually like the top of the head basically is a little bit smaller. It's a crest as Alex would call it. Um, and so we actually lowered that down because we learned with overhaul, we couldn't actually drive upside down. We were tilted just slightly up, which is not ideal for gyroscopic forces. And it's also not going to like help us if we can't move. And so this season we worked on that too, of like coming up with a better, like sort of top hat thing that it could glide on. Um, if we did end up upside down. Um, and then obviously we have a new bar. We did a single piece bar, um, over welded S seven and steel, um, and so having the single piece, it, it obviously perform, performed pretty well. That's what we ran with Hypershock, uh, Sweet Caroline. Hmm. Um, and yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and we saw it upside down and it actually was working pretty well. All things yeah, considered. Yeah, we had the, the, the top hat for that match was a uh, one that Alex designed that was, um, Onyx, like Mark Forge Onyx, uh, embedded with Kevlar. And so we thought that that would like be able to give the right amount of force. So if we did go like flip upside down and hit hard there wouldn't be any sort of like shear or compression or anything. Um, and then we did find that it did shear off somewhat at the top. And so then we switched out to just a uniform material and had one of the Tormac guys machine us up a couple. So now we, so we're talking about, we can't really talk too much about this year yet because we've only had one episode aired. Yep. Um, just so going back to last year, uh, why don't, I, like I said, your design was one I really liked. I loved the uh, the spinning disc, um, and because I, I I feel like the weakness to pretty much every single robot in the field is their tires, and I right? feel like that spinning disc is just excellent for chewing up tires. Like even just getting underneath bots and getting to their tires. Mm-hmm. Now I have to ask, what made you go with the spinning bar versus lockjaw in the Desperado tournament? So we knew that he was going to run his wedge, and also like, and that stu- that wedge is stupid. I hate it. <laughs> oh my god! Right, like, like, yeah. <laughs> that, like he was he wasn't very secretive of what he was going to run with us. He actually had one of his teammates going up to being like, "Hey, what's that bar made out of?" And Fred was like, uh, aluminum. And so he's like, okay, walked away. No, it's not. Like, uh, <laughs> stuff like that. And just, uh, we were able to configure. We knew what we, we usually do the same configuration for a uh, vertical spinner. So you actually look at Lockjaw versus Hypershock. We have the same armor configuration. Um, but why we went with a bar for both was we wanted, last year we wanted a slugger. We wanted to be able to try to like dent that or just shear off that wedge because of where the mounting points were. And then also we knew if he was going to do any sort of arm lifter thing, we'd just like rip it off. Um, the thing with the, the bar versus the disc also is we're looking at about a Delta of six seconds spin up time. Um, so if we run a bar, we're lethal at like five seconds, five or six seconds. And then with a disc, we're looking more at like eight to 10, um, which that's like one of our like obsessive problems we know we have right now. And we're trying to math out how to make it better, but, uh, and we do iterate on it during the season, which you'll see. But, um, yeah, so basically the bar is like one of those, okay, we want to hit something hard and quickly. Um, a bar has a spin up that's going to be about half of what a disc is just because if you like Wikipedia moments of inertia, it's just like right there. Like a hoop is more what our discs act as. And then mm-hmm. the bar acts more like a, a spinning center, like bar. So, and you have names for all the weapons, correct? Oh yeah. We have too many, like all nighter, no sleep, dumb times. <laughs> so we kind of, they just accrued names. Uh, like our, for our discs, we have Dr. Teeth. Love um, that actually one. this year we had Dr. Teeth and Dr. Teeth senior because, uh, we had the one from last year and then we made a new one. Um, 
Dr. Teeth is our sort of like sort of crazy cutout um, psychedelic y looking two tooth disc. Um, it's what we had in our uh, showcase pictures last year and we ran it. I want to say like one or tw- once or twice. Honestly, I can't remember what I ran what fight last year. Aside from, I know I used Sonic for the Rumble, uh, but yeah, Sonic the Wedgehog is another one, which is huge <laughs> disc. Because like um, Alex had programmed into our Slack, uh, gotta go fast, like the Sonic like derp thing. And yeah. so um, once I like had submitted my design, I'm like, hey, I'm thinking, what if we did six tooth discs because we can keep on them because we don't have m- that much traction on our wheels. So it'd be better to do more of like basically a horizontal, like chunky saw, like abrasion saw versus like, you know, just Mm -hmm. big hits and flying away. We thought that that would be too, I thought it would be like a bit advantageous. And so it looked like Sonics, especially after I sprayed like the gray on it. So that's how that got that name. And then last year was Spirit of Boston, but Donald broke it. So we had to come up with a new name for our new bar, Sweet Caroline. And again, I think that that probably came from... Fred suggested it, and I'm guessing it comes along the line of the callback of, like, every single time we were on last year. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever Farouk would do the intros, everyone would have to sing uh, Wagner's Play of the Valkyries. And so we're like, oh, might as well have more than one song people need to sing. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. So, yeah. <laughs> it works pretty well. I really like it. Uh, also, yeah, side note, Fred is from South Carolina, so it's, like, sort of close. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Now, um, I noticed... One of the things y'all did last year to change is um, the spin direction on your bot. You changed it from counterclockwise to clockwise, correct? So it's complicated. So like in our picture, okay. it will be backwards because we had to qualify through safety and they make you run it backwards showing that stuff works. Um, so I think that when like, like production's like on your ass, like the whole time you're there, I'm just sort of like, Hey, Hey, we need you going in three different places, but all right now and no, it can't be later. And so we went from, uh, all right, we're going to go do pictures. Once pictures are done, we had to go quickly go do testing. Cause we did at that point know that we were going to be facing one of the earlier matches. Mm-hmm. The amount of teams that don't have their shit together when they show up is like, <laughs> A lot. Like, I would say this year was, like, a special Gold Star Award of only, like, 15% of people showed up with working robots. Um, Last year was more like 30 to 40%. So, yeah. Wow. (laughs) So, like, the second they say, oh, wait, that robot looks like a robot. It looks put together. I'm going to go bother them consistently so they get through everything else because they need to just have all that time, like, to bump everyone else in later once they finish their stuff. So. Okay. Now, yeah. were you guys one of the working robots? Damn right. Yeah, we actually, awesome. uh, despite my slight, uh, I was not ha- like completely thrilled that we did this, but we tested in a loading dock Valkyrie at full speed in the correct direction. That's okay. Um, we won't tell anybody. <laughs> I'm sure no one will hear about it now. No, <laughs> we, we did put up like a barricade of like steel. So like, we weren't completely stupid. Safety glasses all around, all that. Um, but like we didn't do that last year and then obviously we faced consequences for not doing that. And so we didn't want that to happen again this year. And then also the other thing on the backwards versus forwards, there's one motor that we have that we didn't have to tap in for the season, our Seida, which is another electric uh, motor that looks like Lynch and E-Tech. Um, but they, it runs counterclockwise with how we set up. So if we were going to run that, that's what it would do. And likely next year we're going to have to run it more, uh, because like 
it performs better. It spins up faster than the other two. But we were like, well, but this is a brand we aren't as familiar with and we don't want the chance of a motor failure. So, eh. but yeah. now that we're obsessing over like spin up time of like, you know, if someone can get on us in less than two seconds, fuck. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess, as a, you know, as being a veteran team, you can, you know, get where you can fine tune after a while instead of just I'm sure and maybe you could talk more about this, like in your first season, you're probably just like, just get it into the arena and have it run. And then maybe as you've, you know, been a veteran of a couple of seasons, you can fine tune more things. Is that definitely accurate? Okay. I would say that if you look at the robots that are there that do have success, um, both like last season and then how this season will go, like there is a little bit of that. There, there's some like focused in iteration on whatever their season three option was. And then where they saw any sort of bumps and bruises or whatever. Um, but I think like for, for me last year, my goal was like, I, I, I threw like, between ten and eleven thousand dollars into the robot last year because I'm an idiot and luckily hardware management was paying well at the time and so uh, I was able to like put in that funds knowing that like we're gonna do a well enough this season that we'll be able to get sponsorship next season so I don't have to do this again yeah. also because startup life means you're broke all the time <laughs> and so um, yeah so I knew that that was the investment I cared about I was like we need to look good we need to look like like we need to be reliable we need to be a team that actually seems like like what stupid TV time might want to pay attention to. Yeah. And then obviously like, I think personally, I love that. I, I'm, I'm usually relatively good at explaining engineering complicated stuff into normal people terms. And so I wanted to really like get that across because there's just like so much cool shit going on. And so if you keep it on like a super high technical level, not everyone can like learn and appreciate it. So like, luckily I think that that was sort of accomplished this year as well. I think the two hours up two hour episodes is like, the whole point they want to make basically do BattleBots resurrection and i wanted to be like okay well we're not sponsored well this year so i'm going to make sure that we do a lot of educational segments whether or not they use them because also the new uh, host behind the scenes in the pits jane she actually literally likes this stuff oh, okay like, you, get to, you get to see the spark in someone's eyes when you start telling them about like robots or building something and they're like oh my God, this is so cool. And so like I had her like in one of the interviews, she's like, God, I feel like I should be doing something. I just handed her now and ran to going, here you go, tighten those. And just like continue doing the interview. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah, she's she's done really well in that in this first episode that we've seen. And she was genuine, like look, looked genuinely happy when she got to uh, turn on Tombstone. Tombstone's weapon. <laughs> oh yeah, she thinks this stuff is like super cool. She was really thrilling. Her uh, sister's an engineer, and like she said that when she got it, she like immediately was a text her like, oh, my God, guess what I got. And she also like has a background. Her and her husband pay, play hockey and stuff. So like she's used to just like the hanging with the guys and that type of stuff, which I hate to say is a thing. But like, yeah, yeah. I think that like personal opinion, previous hosts, like if you aren't in an environment to just like comfortably hang around, mostly dudes uh, you might act differently. Cause like, obviously I'm an engineer, so it's just like all the time everywhere and from punk music all the time everywhere. So nice. yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, obviously like way back when on comedy central, there was a lot of square pegs and round holes with that, but I think they've, <laughs> they've definitely, especially going from ABC where definitely everything seemed to be more made for TV to discovery. It's, right. I mean, it's made for TV, but they're not exactly, they're not talking down to us either. It seems like so. That's a goal. I think that they really want. From what I could detect, the vision for the season, one of the hopes that they had was um, 
doing obviously the BattleBots resurrection bit, but also like there hasn't been anything like Mythbusters on TV. And like you have a lot of incredibly popular YouTube channels that are basically following that model. And so I don't know if like one of the producers like, hmm, what if we mixed A and B and like we brought back the Mythbusters side of it, like the techie side and, and explaining all the build stuff. Maybe that'll help with like ratings or popularity or blah, blah, blah. Because if it's only fights, cool, great. If you know the robots, you might care. But like if you add in like the technical element, then there might be a little bit more to root for. So. Yeah. And I, I saw it and I was a little, you know, I was like, wow, two hours they're going to fill. I wonder what they're going to do. It did not feel long to me at all. I really, yeah, me you know, it just, oh, no, I, I figured it would have, but I was like, wait, that was two hours already. Oh, wow. I mean, obviously commercials are commercials, but like, I don't know. It felt like watching like Top Gear or Grand Tour, like old Top Gear, not new Top Gear. But like, <laughs> yeah, old Top Gear is way like better that. than new Top Gear. Straight up. I'll and like it. Grand Tour is like mostly there, but it's just not the same. But yeah, um, so like old Top Gear, if you were to like, you know, DVR on BBC or something, um, like watching it and they do have the extended episodes, like the Tundra episode is like amazing. Uh, but that one was a good two-ish hours on live TV. And like I could watch through that no problem commercials and all, and I feel like that's sort of the same of what current BattleBots is doing. And like luckily, I think that the 8 p.m. time slot means all of the kids can't watch it right now, but they'll be able to watch it in segments. Because um, asking a like you know eight year old to sit still for two hours is asking a lot. So oh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's DVRs now. Dad can record it, I guess. Right. But uh, now I had another question too. Uh, last season, when we talked with uh, Ravi from Red Devil, he was kind of telling us about a bit of a you know, parts economy that takes place, you know, during the BattleBots filming, where you know there's a lot of items that BattleBots will kind of create like a worldwide shortage on because you're the main people that use them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I saw on your website uh, even that you said that you had ordered, you know, you had taken care to order some parts that you had to from China before Chinese New Year's, just to kind of get out oh, ahead yeah. of that. Was that kind of the veteran experience there as far as getting out in front of, you know, the parts that you might need and, uh, you know, making sure that you're not, you know, left hanging at the event if you need something and, you know, there's not enough to go around per se. Right. Well, so... That's like, so there's like both machining costs and component costs. So uh, components being more your um, speed controllers that everyone wants, like the Vex VBs. Everyone seems to get just default to that if you're going brushed. And then um, like the Amflow motors, we did have a shortage last year of both the A24 and, and A48 series that most people use, both short and long mags. Actually, the long mags completely sold out. And Witch Doctor at the beginning of last year was in like a real pinch trying to find someone that would be willing to sell them one. And they were going to have to like redesign a, and readjust a ton of shit if they weren't able to get it. Um, but this year, I feel like, like I think some of those uh, influxes went away because like King of Bots is partially why a lot of that normal demand supply kerfuckery got like dropped. And so they were kind of expecting it this year that there's now like double demand for yeah. different competitions. Um, but for us, the the Chinese New Year thing was just straight up work experience. Like being a design engineer, if you have any sort of electromechanical or robotic systems, it's really rare that you don't have to go to China for anything. Like, you know, it might just be like a proximity sensor or like, you know, if you were to pull apart a Roomba, there's like about eight to 12 sensors in there mm -hmm. that I can like list off. Like if I look at, if you show me, I can tell you how to find it on DigiKey for, you know, dollars. Yeah. Uh, rather than whatever the reset cost they do is. But yeah, so like all of those things just like 
were completely scrubbed out last year because they were used to like, you know, we only need to make 400 motors a year. And then, oh, shit, now we're getting demands for like a thousand and only some of that could be um, filled. And then uh, our weapon motor, Lynch, uh, they don't like us. And so (laughs) we use them. But they just never respond. Like, they responded to us the first year for emails and stuff. And, like, Fred now has a conspiracy theory that why they don't respond to our emails anymore is because he um, tore apart the Lynch motor, tore apart an e-tech, did a build case analysis for both, and explained where the pros and cons of both were. And then, like, said that the older build of, like, a Lynch that we had, like, from the armature from a Lynch was, like, better made. And so he was saying, like, yeah, they're using the name Lynch, but Lynch doesn't work there anymore. He was at E-Tag. They made a slightly better version, blah, blah, blah. But basically, marketing-wise, he was shitting on the company that we need to rely on (laughs) for all current and future uh, seasons with Valkyrie. Um, and so, yeah, we know, luckily, the the Coopers on Quantum are, like, super buds with the Lynch Motor Company. So now we know who to dig into next time we need to replace a motor. Okay. Um, yeah, Ravi is uh, awesome. Uh, he, yeah. he he couldn't talk to me for, like, an hour after our fight last year because it was, like, me giving him a lot of work to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And also because production likes to play with our emotions and they told us that if we won the fight against them, we were in the 16. But then uh, one of the executive producers had the great idea to do two rumbles, not one, not just the all bots rumble, but also this vertical spinner rumble. And which one should he choose? Oh, I'll choose both and then drop them out. So that was a good thing to be told that day. Uh, oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it was a lot better this year. Also, we switched from Vex BBs to the, um, brush, like, the, like to brushed rages, like Charles's stuff, Rage Bridge, which oh, okay. is why Zero is, uh, on our robot as one of our sponsors. Charles is a very good friend of mine. Um, friend of actually most of the team, come to think of it. But, uh, cool. yeah, so we switched that because the Vex BBs, the last build weren't great. And actually, um, the guy that designed this, uh, controllers for all of Ribot. Like Ribot runs complete custom motor controllers, um, but those are made by, uh, like, designed by our like Nick is his name on the team, and he actually now is back working at Vex Robotics. Um, but he's seen all the secret sauce of the way they build it, and then gone, well, I would build it this way, and then it worked flawlessly for Ribot. Oh wow! Nice. <laughs> yeah. Now so. I was I was curious, you know, if sponsorship d- kind of offers extra advantages as far as parts and supplies are concerned. I mean, you kind of answered that for me, but um, oh yeah, it it totally depends on the sponsor. Like um like Max Amps is a big sponsor for their batteries, but they have this sort of like tier class conditional on like what the value there is of like you have to advertise for us, and depending on how you place, we will reimburse you. Blah. And, uh, so that's not great when you need cash up front. And so for us, like Mark Forge has been, uh, materials upfront cost. And then we also had four printers on season this year, two printers last year with a ton of material. Um, nice. we have a lot of, uh, three metal, metal printed parts, like all stainless 316 in our robot. Um, those are all provided by them and we have a lot of spares there. Uh, and then for, uh, we have like just on hand when we're at competition, usually it's Onyx or embedded Onyx pieces. I don't even think we brought any sort of just regular nylon this year. Um, and so that's been really beneficial. And also the questionable designs part of it is just sort of, we're able to go, Hey, I want to test this fit up before I go and make it or go and send it out for a lot of dollars because they're hard materials or whatever. Like our new clutch system was on the motor this year. And so, 
Fred had designed all of it, sent it to Alex. Alex printed the whole stack of what our clutch system would look like. And then we were able to like confirm that it did fit fine into the motor, like tolerance and all, and then send it out. So we wouldn't have to have like redundant costs or like lose that tiny time window that we already have machining a new one. Man, the CEO of this uh, BattleBots team too. It sounds like a lot. I mean, think of it. <laughs> if it was just building and driving the robot, it would be a lot easier. But I mean, there seems to be so much. And you know, we've talked to people before, but you know, it really seems like the team captain job is, uh, you know, one of like diplomat, um, you know, negotiator, uh, talking to sponsorship, everything. I mean. Yeah, it's uh it seems like you've got plenty to do and then you got to go do oh. your uh, normal job, you know, from 9 to 5 <laughs> or whenever. So <laughs> more like the way I look at my life right now is waking and then sleep and all the things in between there are a balance of either battle bots. Like it's Jonathan and I've been joking about it that like uh we both run like we're we're co-founders in a startup. And so we're both BattleBots team captains. We are the ones that do all the overhead, all of the et cetera, to make sure that our team, uh, you know, is a nice place to be, that our teammates want to stay and stuff and all that. And uh, we're like, oh, wow, you know, like we do the startup during the day and then we do the robots at night. Sometimes the robots are partially in the day and then you just continue robots at night or, or continue the startup at night. And it's just kind of fluid between the two. And totally great for burnout might i tell you i'm totally on the edge of that right now and i think jonathan is as well we're like we're we're currently fundraising for our startup so it's just sort of like extra like you now have to talk to rich assholes on top of everything else and be like really friendly and interested and interesting to them and yeah but the nice thing is being on tv production they have like a two-second attention span too so if you don't sound interesting they're kind of gonna go somewhere else so we've actually been able to learn through battle bots to be better like like see yeah. goes or whatever for a company uh but yeah the i think that people underestimate a lot how much on a business side goes into uh battlebots teams like alex i could not valkyrie would have zero social media presence if alex was not the one behind that like he is i am i don't i don't know how to show him how much i appreciate that like he does all the different like infographics on instagram and facebook he's the primary person of like anytime a fan asks us for stickers or whatever he does all of that um like i do all the accounting and like the bookkeeping and uh, merch orders and all that stuff but like yeah like he does the social media stuff flawlessly he does sponsor outreach too because like if i'm going to deal with too many intros and asking for money i can only really do it in my company and i can't do it in addition to elsewhere so mm-hmm. he's just like helped so much and like literally anything he needs me to do i just like tap into it um, and then try to go above and beyond, do all the outreach with like the BattleBots uh, produ- production team. We're currently trying to get our shirt up on the store, all of it. It's just, it is a lot more, like you can not do that much, but like then you're usually not as high up of a team or like production. Like, you know, we were one of the first teams accepted back for this year, mm-hmm. or at least Greg was nice enough to tell me uh, around Christmas. And oh, so, cool. yeah, so like I knew, cause I like the way that we talk, I talked to him on like a, I understand you think of this as a business level and also a fun thing and not just a hobby. And so it's sort of a nice ebb and flow of being able to have that. Of I get it. These guys are running their business. I know what they're looking at for bottom line. And I just like use that to my advantage to get like our team to be set up for success as well. Okay. So yeah. this is your chance. If when, <laughs> when Alex listens to this, this is a, yeah, the heartfelt thank you. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out how to like thoroughly thank him. Like 
I don't know. He just so he's yeah. Like Alex is the best. Without Alex, Valkyrie would not at all be anything the way that it currently is. Like I like pretty things and I like pretty robots, but if it's only one person, one girl on the team saying I like pretty things, it wouldn't happen. <laughs> um, and like yeah, he's been you know primary like frame designer. Like he like all of the different ways that we have the armor panels on because obviously it's these crazy weird angles that look flip and sweet. Um, but he was the one that would do the auto adjust, auto, auto fusion to make sure everything played nice. Um, as we iterated on the internals anywhere. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, also apparently Autodesk is way easier to use in SolidWorks for that type of Tetrising for like the armor stuff. Yeah. Um, and I'm still trying to learn it and I'm not there yet, but yeah, yeah, he's, yep. Valkyrie would probably awesome. combust without an Alex. <laughs> no, I mean, you guys also, you know, in addition to the robot kind of having a persona, you kind of have that on-screen persona too. So I have to ask, who rocks the shades better, Team Valkyrie or Endgame? <laughs> Yo, obviously I do. I love Jack, but he's already handsome enough. I like to hide some of my face. Come on. Um, <laughs> that's a tough one. Yeah, no, I, I actually had no idea those guys were going to go with aviators too. And so I was like, Oh, uh, well, oh, well. And again, actually, this was an Alex thing. Like Alex wanted the one piece suit things that are completely unflattering on women uh, last year. And then this year he was like, he, we, I decided on like the blue shirt and he was like, okay, you want to have like black bottoms, black shoes, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I was like, I don't want to wear the aviators. Like, but, <laughs> but why? That's like part of the brand. And I was like, uh, okay, fine, sure. And now, like, looking at the way that they did the post, like, video and stuff, I'm like, oh, I look cool. Oh, I look tough. Yeah, I'm totally that. Yep. <laughs> well, so one way you could think, you know, <laughs> is to maybe just find the biggest pair of aviators that you can possibly find. <laughs> like, even even just jokey big. So, you know, like, uh, like uh, Endgame's actual self-writing mechanism, like straight-up aluminum. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Oh, man. They wanted to double down on it, I guess. And then, like, we decided to pivot of, like, oh, well, we still have the aviation side of things with our, our Valkyrie aesthetic and everything. So that's why we went with the bomber jackets. And then first day there, we see that Will and team also has bomber jackets. So I was like, hey, Isaac, mine looks better because Isaac is, is the one that does all the design stuff for uh, Hypershock. Oh, he, yeah, he, we met he, him. He does the art. He's great. Yeah. He, I, he's a good friend of mine. Um and so, yeah, like we were sort of doing it, like Alex and him were bantering back and forth once the match was announced. I'm just like, Alex, like, so uh, whoever wins, that means they have the, the best bomber jacket, right? And Isaac's like, oh, we'll see. I don't know about that. And that was because at the time it was before the robot, like Will had finished building the robot. Mm-hmm. So our team was like, there's a good chance Hypershock doesn't work again this year. And then also there's a chance he's going to rip us apart. And then separately, Isaac was thinking the same thing because he wasn't willing to say, like, you're a game because he knew there was a good chance like they'd lose. Now, um, we can well, we can back up his statement, though, that Hypershock may not work because we did see them in Orlando and they mm-hmm. had to do a lot of work on that robot to just because I guess they had changed the drivetrain around and they were yeah. they were doing a lot of work just to try to get that thing up and running for just a, basically a few test fights uh, yep. in, a, in an arena that really wasn't suited for how fast they could go. Totally. Yeah. Brushless is like the, this, this evil temptress, right? Like, so brushless gives you a lot of net weight savings, but the amount of configurability, reliability with controls and then how it would play nice with smashing into each other with other robots is kind of like, 
it it works, I think, probably right now. All the, the teams that went brushless this year, I'd say about a third of them had success. There was no one that went super Charles fiery, and I don't think that's really a spoiler because Charles wasn't around. Well, he was around. He was actually there, but he wasn't competing. Competing. Um, but, yeah, like there was no one that like was regularly catching on fire from their vests being poorly tuned or whatever. Um, but, yeah, like like that was a thing that Hyperstructure Switch I was like went fully brushless and all that set up. And then uh, Rory actually on, on uh, Monsoon knew a bunch about what uh, Will was using. And so I was hearing through the grapevine because we're all friends of Rory be like, you know, if someone really felt like it, they could Bluetooth sign into what like Will has on his robot and mess with everything. And then once we got against him, I'm like, I could have totally done that. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, and I did actually just like let Tyler on their team know. I was like, hey, I heard this about the controllers you guys are using. Rory knows everything when it comes to brushless, so you should listen to that. <laughs> and that was even when I knew that we were going to be going against each other because I'm like, eh, I want someone's like robot to work perfectly to go against them, like and then like see how it goes. Um, well, that yeah, yeah, I think like there's a couple people I'd be thrilled that they were somehow handicapped going into it, and then I just win and I don't lose like three thousand dollars in my robot. But Fair enough. For the most part. <laughs> yeah, you want to compete. I, I can see that out of the competitors there. Is there they'd probably rather have a hard fought win than just the other guy start smoking in the box and barely exactly. move. Now we've talked oh, we've yeah. talked a lot of technicals and but I want to get into the drama of this. <laughs> so you guys fought Hypershock and it just so happens that in the first episode they do one of those back in the pit segments with Will. And he he gets a little emotional emotional for us and uh and you trashed him. So, oh, okay. okay. So, uh, that's a little harsh. Fun. You didn't trash him. Right. It was like, it was Will, funny. Yeah, like Will cries on screen. Like he he cries in front of cameras because like I don't know. I mean, he did. He's had quite the like year, and like last year didn't go well. And I didn't actually know he broke down because like literally we went and got dinner that night, so I didn't know he got all like salty and all that. Like. <laughs> But yes, I, I'm an asshole and I'm also a sensitive person. There's a point in the season I do cry. I run, I, I hide away from people for a couple hours to like re put myself together. Also cause like girls wearing eyeliner means like crying, scary clown. So you don't want to be around anyone. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So basically like I made a joke on Twitter, like cause BattleBots, uh, Twitter made like a focus of talking about like that segment of Will again, all like emotional with jenny and so i just like retweeted like yeah okay i lost but at least i didn't cry and i had like a bunch of mansplaining white dudes <laughs> just like get on my back like maybe he's being sensitive you know and he knows what he's talking about when he's like the families that do this have to give up so much uh, i'm like yeah i can't you know i'm really good friends with the spurks i have no idea like i don't have a bazillion friends with kids i don't know what that takes for time like come on guys like <laughs> obviously it was and also like i don't know like will was well aware i was just being an asshole because i do that and then like yeah like most of the comments were fine but i was just like oh please don't blow up anymore so like even now like this was i, I posted i think saturday now it's been a couple of days and like every time i do check twitter it's just like an additional amount of people like either bitching at me or something and i'm like well oh well yeah, I don't know. Like Will and I are really good friends. Hypershock, um, I've they were like my my sort of like rooted into BattleBots team in a way. Like so I I've we in season two when I was working on another team, once we got disqualified, 
Um, I had become friends with the Hypershock guys because they're similar, humored, goofy, everything yeah. as I am. And Will went to school in Boston, so he knew all of my Boston friends that were on other teams. And so uh, I found out, like, one of their primary teammates, the guy who runs a self-writer, Tyler, he was sick that the first, like, week and a half in of, well, like, half week into season two. Gotcha. So they went from having two sets of hands, well, three sets of hands to two sets of hands. And one of the two sets of hands is mostly, like, the art guy at the time. And so... I was like, oh, hey, hey, Will, do you need help? Like, I can turn wrenches. I don't care. Just point at things. I'll do them. Like, nah. And so that's how I got to be friends with them. Oh, okay. Um, and so it was really cool going into our sophomore season this year where, you know, Will's on, like, season four of for him and uh, going against, like, someone that I've gotten to be pretty good friends with. Like, I've gone down to Miami a couple times to go visit those guys. Huh. Um, so, yeah, like, they're they're really good friends of mine. So it was kind of nice of, like, facing your friends. Whereas, like, in, in the reverse last year when I went against Red Devil, I wasn't that good of friends with them. Uh, same as Balespear, too. But then Ravi and Earl and I are all, like, really good friends now. Like, I actually, at Motorama, I organized a builder dinner and was sitting dead in between Balespear's Earl on one side and Ravi on the other side <laughs> because I've gotten to be so good friends with them because I destroyed the robots. It's <laughs> a good feeling. <laughs> yeah, that, that episode we had them both on was uh, one of Cam's greatest failures well, where see, he tried to rename the robots. I really shit-talked Earl after, or Balespear <laughs> after that fight on here. Oh, yeah, he did. Oh. I, I mean, I, I just, not, I called it a red wagon on meth. And I think he loved it and hated it. And then I got he got on and I offered a lot of different um like for the what was that? The the fist that he had? Yeah. I offered a lot of names for the fist and some oh. of them just did not well, fly. What apparently. was the best part of that though is that the one that he felt was proud of and that would have actually gone over well got mentioned before he even brought yeah. up the subject. Earl goes, Yeah, they call it Fister Roboto. I'm like, God damn it, that was my yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> self-aware is good also oh boy oh man does that mean you have a bunch of names for uppercut because you're better uh oh man i did not i did not lab that i was trying to think of some stuff but uh i didn't man uh, i yeah, feel like I, all the fist jokes you can redo for uppercut because they're claiming that that thing is a fist so oh i so do you, do you still have that list it, it's somewhere in my notes i know i had um <laughs> I had using the whole fist doc from the movie Fletch, and nobody got that but me until somebody commented on uh, SoundCloud later, like, oh, yeah, I totally get that. I'm like, thank you, random guy on SoundCloud. (laughs) I had no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. I I liked the Earl of Knuckle Sandwich, though, because his name's Earl. It was a fist. I don't know. All right. Yeah, that one wasn't bad, but... (laughs) No, I, just the I, awkward silence after some of them. Oh, was God. Just, or, no, that, or was that when you were trying to rename Ravi's bot? No, it was Earl. And <laughs> Earl, was, Earl was standing outside on his farm, and so you literally oh, heard yeah, crickets right. when nobody was yep. making sounds. And I was <laughs> oh, like, that's so good. I'm bombing on my podcast. It's great. <laughs> now, being a bit of a, you know, like a, a TV personality now, if you will, do you kind of feel like uh, you know, one of your roles off of uh, you know out of television is to help young kids particularly women uh young women get engaged in engineering and robotics oh totally so um i actually had uh i i went on a whole stupid rant and the end of it ended in me telling production that i'm kind of a cunt and um <laughs> giving me a look and so i was like oh yeah i can say that about me but you can't that's fine and um <laughs> 
but like I I've gone through like being in in the startup space like both of, and and being an engineer and then most recently a hardware manager. Like I just constantly see it, no offense guys, but it is a boys club and it's starting to drive me nuts cuz like I'm getting I get to play a uh, celebrity in Indiana this year like um the folks that um plan out the Vex Robotic State Championships there, which is a huge outreach program. They have like 1700 teams across Indiana, which Whoa. is not somewhere you go hmm engineering. Um, they have that many teams just on like the middle school elementary side and then their high school events are across the state. We went to, a um, me and Maddie from huge went to an event, a district event in South Bend for first robotics the day after we, uh, were at the Colts stadium for the Vex robotics thing. But I had both events, multiple girls coming up to me asking me for like, how did you do it of like dealing with these idiot dudes telling like no you can't build this or like oh i know the name of this wrench so therefore i get to do the job you don't yeah um stuff like that and i just like i i, I was lucky enough that my teacher advisor on my first robotics team in high school um she told me like push those assholes back like you know <laughs> what like you you are a good designer you're smart you're smarter than them so just like push them back because like i was getting to the point of like really to feel like there's no amount of money in the world that someone can pay me for me to relive the three years of high school I did. Like I graduated a year early by taking some college classes just to get the hell out that fast. Like I hated it so oh, wow. much. People were so mean. And so like to me, like she got to see me just sort of like be like beaten down by the guys I was working with. And so she told me that. So now it's my turn to go and tell girls that also, or like that's been like my idea like that. The two thing I think is like as an adult uh, and trying to be a mentor, if you mentor someone, you're giving them cheat codes, like in a video game, mm-hmm. uh, that you could have had if you had when you were earlier would have helped you. But you care so much about someone that's younger than you, you don't want them to suffer as much. Yeah, um, that's what I do with the whole entire robot team. And then for anyone younger than that, especially if like they're like a minority queer woman, trans, uh, any of that that mm-hmm. I meet, especially in like maker builder robot space. Um, I just like figure out where the common baseline of what we both are of like people and just like tell like, Hey, yeah, be a dick in this direction. Yes. I know like being nice is, is good and pushing back is hard or just like figure out a way to like tell them like rewire your brain to think blah. And that's been kind of, uh, so far, at least some of the girls I've told, like they've written back and said like, they, they did that or like they felt empowered or they felt like they're strong enough. Like there's um, a new movement in Indiana called first, like a girl, which is for high school um, robotics girls on teams. And they are just going to basically hang out all together and air the grievances about um, when, you know, yeah, you don't know the name of a tool that doesn't need, mean you don't know how to use it. Like, honestly, if you ask me to name every type of wrench out there, mm-hmm. I'd probably get a couple wrong. Cause a couple of them do have a couple of names. And also I just never touch them like a plumber's wrench. Yes. It's called that, but it's also called like two other things like meh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's been sort of a, I, I ran into production for a little bit when it was like the meat like rerun into Chris and Kenny at the beginning before like we were doing safety and everything. And I just sort of was like, man, between being a startup founder, which like statistically female startups, uh, only get funded 12% or something of the time, huh. which is bullshit. Yeah. Also they get hard questions by VCs and angels and have higher expectations while also at the same time, women that run companies are better at higher returns and they don't have, 
uh, like they don't have to deal. They, they're more conservative with the way that they um, play the game while also being profitable. Um, but that doesn't matter because boobs. And so all of that I just kind of ranted about. And so when they said in the first episode of saying that, like, I do want to be like a, a role model, I definitely do. Like Andrea is like the one to look at for like the ideal female engineer role model. I'm the practical, loud, bitchy one that is so passionate about it that like I'm going to just push back. Like if someone says something mean to Andrea, they're gonna she's gonna take it because she's nice. I'm not that nice, <laughs> so I'll actually push back. And be like fuck you, no. Um, there's a certain oh, there's yeah, there's a couple neck beards. I'll just say one in particular that's on Reddit that I have definitely been a complete cunt back to, and he's finally <laughs> upgraded me to the name of feminazi, and it got back to me. It's pretty oh good. My God. Oh my god, boy. <laughs> First that's of- the that's the best part of robot drama. That's that's the only like little chunk I can give you. <laughs> I, okay, I got a hundred bucks that my wife's gonna have a new favorite uh, team after this episode. <laughs> by the way, so um, and yeah, I mean, I, I was even gonna ask. I guess it's probably equal. Like if you, if you hate more, like either getting hit on online or getting mansplained stuff to online. <laughs> but it sounds like both suck. Yeah, I mean, like if they're they hate on me, it's like oh cool, you either like me for my brain or my snark of the internet. Um, and Boston is just sort of like, Hey, look girl. And in a maker space, but whatever. Um, but yeah, the mansplaining thing is usually the worst of it. Cause like, it's usually they're thinking so like, well, high level of I'm talking down this steep from you. Um, that like when you go, yeah, no shit, I know this in like a very delicate way, they still don't get it. And so you just kind of have to either ignore them. And if they keep trying to engage, you just have to like kind of smack them over the head with all of what they're missing and the different, like while they're explaining Delta, but yeah, surprise being in a startup space where you do have to bump shoulders with uh, millionaires on a normal uh, schedule, which is stupid in Boston. <laughs> um, mansplaining is something I've gotten really good at holding my tongue. I'm just like, uh-huh, gee, oh, wow, how did you do that? Oh, geez, oh, where are you from? Oh, you ha- your parents had how much privilege? Oh, wow, you must be climbed so far. That's amazing. Oh, mm-hmm. Lord. So, yeah. <laughs> Now I, now I, I'm sure we gotta let you go at some point. Let you enjoy your little vacation, or not little, <laughs> but your small vacation before you get back to doing everything that it seems like you do. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your company? Uh, besides, oh, I mean, you know, we've heard about you know the Jonathan's in it. So between the two of you, I'm pretty anxious to hear what the two of you guys do. So we are working on new generation of smart home appliances, like the big stupid sheet metal stuff. Um, I my background's primarily in automotive design and uh, product design and robotics. And so um, when I was hardware manager at this, uh, one of my sponsors actually for Valkyrie Datto, um, they're a data backup and continuity uh, product, like a software as a service uh, platform for um, multi-service providers, which are basically like the IT dude that you know hooks up the internet, the dental office, that type of oh, thing. Okay. Uh, so, you know, if you have a flooded basement, now all those medical records are gone, blah, blah, blah. So that's what Datto does. But I was a hardware engineer there because you still need, like, servers, yeah. usually very complicated and robust, like, you know, 24 drive servers or whatever to back up this data in a place. And so they weren't really, like, I've been building computers since I was 14. So I worked on that as a hardware engineer and I got bored. And so Demovi came to mind. Uh, first, the name came from, well, we were looking to name Valkyrie because uh, we were Wikipedia tunneling a bunch of uh, folklore of different um, 
countries and okay. uh, obviously Norse being there, Slavic is nearby. And so Domovi or Domovoy is a house spirit that basically if you take care of it, it'll make sure uh, your home is in good care. Um, so like you just have to respect it and that's that. And I was like, that seems like a very good name for a home appliance company that's going to do all of the rest of the cleaning bits. Um, and so our first product is actually a three-in-one dishwasher, washer, dryer, and the form factor of a dishwasher for the urban home because uh, there's laundromats all over Boston. Uh-huh. It sucks to do laundry in February as a result. Um, or you have communal units and you already have enough reasons to hate your neighbors. And so I think that <laughs> by basically con- – like if you live with – say like I don't know if you guys live alone or I heard one of you had a wife. So if it's just you plus wife, you probably take like a week to populate the dishwasher. Um, yeah. I don't know. Three, four days, somewhere around there. Yeah, but like that's still more of an amount than what the initial dishwasher design that came out in, you know, 1958 to 1963, um, what they planned on because they were more accommodating to the nuclear family and having that be cyclical within a day to day and a half consistently. So when you don't have a good wash, it's because you are having your food dehydrate onto the plates, blah, blah, blah. And so we figure if we like cut down the volume of what you have for a dishwasher, especially if you live alone or with one person um, and just rethink of when you have to do the chore. Like if you make sure you just put everything before you go to work, starts running at 10, you're good. And then, you know, laundry, you you do Tuesday, Thursday, uh, roommate or whatever has Monday, Wednesday. You just make sure you throw it in when you leave for work and then you just tell it when it's going to you're going to be back and it'll make sure to be fluff dry by then. Um, and so that's been kind of our, uh, I've been working on that for about almost two years now, uh, full time about a year and a half. And then Jonathan's been with me now, uh, a year and a week. Um, nice. he started part time cause he, like, we were just, no, we knew each other in the robot space, but he didn't fully know me as a person. And, um, he's all, he's younger than me. We look, I'm, I think we look roughly the same age, but yeah. I have five years on him. Huh. So yeah, so uh, I've it's been a lot of me like helping support and teach him to you because like he's only a couple of years out of school. I graduated RIT in 2010, the year before Mike Jeffries. After actually, Mike Jeffries and I knew each other in school, and uh, yeah, like I've, I'm I'm older, <laughs> and so uh, I I've been helping him with just coaching on like project management, what we delegate out to, um, contractors, all that stuff. And it's been, it's been pretty cool. And now we're just fundraising, which is like the worst part of any startup. And everyone that runs a startup will tell you exactly that. Um, hardware is hard. Um, finding people to invest in hardware is tricky. And, uh, yeah, we're kind of just running that hustle and not paying ourselves. And we're going to just like hopefully be off to the races in two months where we hire a software person, a salesperson. So I don't have to keep doing the, have I told you the best thing about my blah, like all yeah, the products. The worst, I AKA the have... worst part about it. Huh? AKA the worst part. Like I'm talking about the, like the worst part of the job is the sales. Oh man. Yeah. I'd say like sales is actually a little bit easier than the investor bullshittery. Cause like, they ask you all this like high level stuff that you're like, if you actually did hardware, you know that if you were in like a big company, like if you're in like Toyota or something 
and you ask these like high level, like, okay, so this new product that like has R and D, the market scope says it's going to be valued at, you know, 10 to $15 billion at a scale of like 10 years from now. And it's because our competitors have a similar product, blah, blah, blah. That's why we want to do this. And so if you went and then asked like the person in charge of the product, like, okay, so what do you expect your uh, net green yield to be in the first year? The answer is zero. The answer is going to be no, we're going to be running these on the lines and fucking with it and making sure it works well. And all of that time is going to be just cash burned. It's not going to go to an end user. It's not being sold. So uh, in Toyota, they have a usually an R&D and like um, future business like de- department that that falls under. But yeah. when you're a new product, you don't have that. And so like you can go and read annual reports for any business and they usually show like there's a usually a big like money sink somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a startup, you can't go, hey, so this money sink is going to be only for a year or two. And that's why you usually see so many hardware projects start on Kickstarter, but then they're giving like really high expectations and promising way sooner of deadlines than they know they can do. And I just don't like lying. So yeah. we aren't going but yeah, startup stuff. It's it's sort of no one's touching appliances. Um, Roombas now take twelve percent of the whole entire vacuum market. Um, and so yeah, so like to me that says immediately no one wants to do their chores. I don't want to do my chores. I'm lazy, so now I'm going to go build an appliance company so I don't have to do them. Yeah, me too. I'm staring at my robot vacuum brethren right now. <laughs> so yeah, yeah my, my Roomba's name Stormageddon. Um, <laughs> It's awesome because Alexa actually says it too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, do you have a website for the company? Oh uh, yeah, it's Domovi D O M O V I dot com. Okay. Um, and luckily, if you just Google it. It's just us, which is good too. Like Jonathan said, that that was one of the better calls when he went full time. He was like, "Yeah, you know, I tried Googling it, and like you just pop up. That's the first thing." And I'm like, "Yes, that's the point. Like exactly. you come up with a name that no one else is you or a weird like spelling or something." Because if you have something like even Valkyrie, if you Google Valkyrie, we don't show up. You have to put Valkyrie robot for us to show up because Disney dominates like a ton of the Internet space. And then like Marvel is just like a whole other. Yeah, like they're obviously like partnering and evil together. Also rip Netflix. But yeah. Uh, (laughs) Damn you, Thor movie. Right. Yeah. Okay, well that's yeah. I, I think I I think that's what happened, or I think that's how I wound up getting on the website. Is I Googled it, and yeah, first thing that came up. So I was like, oh, let me click on this, and then yeah, I'm like, I know that guy, you know, right underneath you on your name. I'm like, oh yeah, it's Jonathan. Okay, cool. So I like I, I'm very optimistic um, in our hopeful success because uh, we are not the first uh, BattleBots partnership to be a company that uh, takes off. Um, Mark Devitz actually of double robotics. Uh, he, um, and his co-founder, his name escapes me at the moment cause I haven't met him in person. That's usually how I keep names, but they met in the older days of BattleBots, Um, and they now run a teleconferencing robotics company in the Bay area. And they went through Y Combinator. They're still alive and doing well. Um, and yeah, I randomly actually poke, uh, Mark for his like opinion on things, but he's CTO. So he already hates half of my job. Um, <laughs> And I know that I think Jonathan's still like a pinch sore on wanting to like reach out to Mark. I'm like, hi, Mark, you should teach me how to be a better CTO and things because he's still sour about the way that match went. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. I mean, that was, oh man, that was the, that was the fight, huh? For huge. Oh, that stinks. Yeah. I think, oh, I, oh. I think I said like breakups that bad normally have a Taylor Swift song involved with them. <laughs> yeah. <I don't> know. <laughs> so. yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, I can't. 
I can't say I'm going to, I, Oh, Oh, sorry about that. There's going to be, I was going to say, there's going to be a fight card this week and potentially it will have my co-founder on it. Um, A good, all of the fight season this year. Good. Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure yeah. by the time we post this, the fight card will be out. I'm just happy he added some traction to his wheels this time. Yo, right? I mean, he wanted to last year, but it was sort of a more, oh, fuck, oh, shit. Like, we're not done yet. And like, hey, let's make this huge look as much as like the other huge. And then this year it was like a, hey, let's make a huge that won't fall apart in half. Like, he would have had <laughs> Paul last year. Oh, I regularly yes. bitch at him about like, you almost had Paul. You should no, have he, had No, he Paul. did have him. Yeah. We we were um, I I know independently cheering for that too in our respective households just like oh you had it you freaking had it <laughs> yep. um, all right so now I've got some uh, some goofy questions you talked well, let's, about let's like, get uh, to the sponsors first oh, real quick yeah. and then we'll get goofy okay I didn't know if we'd hit all the sponsors sorry about that well we talked about the company but mm-hmm. I, I want to know I, we got to thank the uh, the the people that get Valkyrie running oh yeah because I right, love so- Valkyrie. Yeah, we were very lucky this year. We had a lot of sponsors, mostly new come in. Like Mark Forge was a continued sponsor for us. I love them. I love their tech. Like I know a lot of um, people that work at Mark Forge, so it's sort of like a double whammy of I'm thrilled that I get to hype a company that I really love and I love that the way that they work and how they build products. Hmm. Um, we have T Connectivity. Um, they were a new one to us. Actually, an intro through uh, Jonathan's intro for Mauser. Um, and uh, they've been great. They gave us all of our connectors for electronics this year. They gave some capital as well. Like the the contact we have there is a super nerd BattleBots fan. Um, Equal Zero's designs, uh, which is just Charles of Overhaul. Um, he provided us with our Rage Bridges this year at no to low net cost um, and testing. And then also he's been helping us with smaller weight classes as well with the brushless technologies. Um Let's see. We have Datto and General Catalyst. Um, the the mind behind both of those uh, was the previous CEO of Datto, Austin. Uh, he runs Norwalk Havoc in uh, Norwalk, Connecticut, uh, every three months. There's it's one of the more interesting Beetle events because it, there is a thousand dollars net cash prize for wow. the first winner. Yeah, Jameson has won it twice now. Uh, Brandon won it once, and. Danny on Ribot uh, beat David, and so he's one as well. And actually, oh, cool. which is super cool, is Ribot. Then uh, Danny and David went one and two for that event. That's a net uh, total of twelve hundred dollars. That went into the Ribot team to do the um, design development for uh, Ribot before their school signed off on giving them funding once they were accepted. Oh, nice. Um, and then. Yeah, and I'm trying to think with Autodesk uh, Fusion 360 is one of our sponsors as well. And we're actually going to, we've only taken a little bit of advantage of their iterative design or our generative design product suite that they now have, which is how Quantum looks so amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, they use like, apparently they use like $10,000 worth of credits using generative design in Autodesk 360, Fusion 360 for uh, the whole entire style and, and structure of Quantum. Um we plan on doing the same thing with our frame rails next year, but we didn't have that uh, opportunity open itself until like right at the end of the build season this year. Um, and so they've been pretty amazing. And then Andy Mark, who is, uh, I've, I've gotten a lot of first love this past week cause I snuck a first robotics, uh, badge on the left side of my Valkyrie jacket. Like uh-huh. I sewed 
on. Um, because after hearing so many uh, female students uh, talk about their experiences in Vex and first, I wanted to have a little shout out there. And Andy Mark has been a part supplier and district event runner uh, in Indiana for years and years. Um, and they're, they're really great too, cause they were able to give us a little bit of capital and they've done a ton of support and they actually do a fight night that we're hopefully going to have an entry for soon. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. I, that's all of them. I hope that's all of them or else I'm going to get like some sort of <laughs> at some point. Now we can get goofy. <laughs> yeah, we can, we, we can edit those in. All right. I'm, now <laughs> you said that you guys have some sleep deprived, like kooky, uh, ideas. These are mine essentially. So awesome. I apologize if any of these are a little too goofy, but, uh, Let's see. Got some. Let's. Uh, okay. Well, first of all, I need to know your opinion on whether a hot dog is a sandwich or not. <laughs> We've asked everybody so, that just about. It, it's going to become a thing. All okay, right. So I'd say, like, like I would say, it's it's definitely like, no pressure. But there's only one right answer. I was if you have a wrap and you have a sandwich, then obviously a hot dog should also be considered a sandwich. Like, if it, it's the same sort of like convenient food group grabbing thing. That would be my opinion. It's a sandwich. Yeah, I'm done fighting this. I'm I'm fine. (laughs) Why? Then it's no fun if you're done fighting. Like it's like if you were to have like a turkey club and some of the bread fell off and did that sort of pocketing, sort of like U-channel shape with it. Like, would you say that? Oh no, this turkey club is no longer a sandwich. So everybody's getting me with the technical. You have crushed him on this, and I love it. (laughs) Yeah, I've, I think I've given in on that. <laughs> now, we, we talked about other shows on Discovery. Now, I know, like, some stations that my wife sometimes makes me watch, they'll do, like, you know, the same people will appear on Survivor as do Big Brother and, uh, you know, the traveling show, too. Now, if Discovery had that, where they were uh, putting some of their stars on other TV shows, past or present, what Discovery or Science Channel show would you want to appear on? Obviously, Mythbusters, straight up Mythbusters. When I was little watching Mythbusters, I was always just like, there needs to be more like women on the team that do hands on stuff. And like, there wasn't. And so, like, straight up, that would be my first answer. The idea of ever having like a sort of maker focused show like that again would be great. Like, I'm really hoping actually Adam Savage's new show, uh, the pilot of it starts on Friday after BattleBots. And if that shows enough good ratings, then they may rethink the idea of expanding the more builder, like, storytelling narrative uh which would be pretty cool yeah that show is called savage builds by the way and i have it set to record it it looks like it's gonna be cool yeah, he's building an iron man suit right yeah okay i'm getting I'm with so that. mad i've missed meeting him now three times in a row he was at season two of BattleBots. didn't run into him then uh actually no i'm at four now he was he no 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 it is three he was at new york maker fair last year doing a panel thing. He didn't drop into our BattleBot space at all. Oh. And then um, he actually stopped at my, where Valkyrie lives, Artisan's Asylum in uh, Somerville, Massachusetts. Uh, he has a, tested, did a full hour teardown of like how, what Artisan's Asylum has, doing different features of different studios and different maker culture things there. And I came in an hour and a half later for like a welding class. I was told, oh, you just met, missed Adam Savage. I was like, what? Like, Are you no, kidding me? Again. <laughs> <laughs> no, again. Yeah. Right, well, he seems like a busy dude. Like, he never stops building stuff, so. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he does a lot. He hustles a lot. <laughs> All right. Um, which would be a bigger deal for you, getting a Hexbug toy or having them motion cap you on a BattleBots video game? Hmm. 
Oh, of course, the Hexbug toy. We actually, my 4th of July last year, David from Rivat, when he was my intern, was like, oh, come on. If we're going to work today, can I at least get a couple hours where you, like, work on not robot or not not Demovi stuff? And I'm like, yeah, okay, what do you want? He's like, I want a Valkyrie toy. I really want a Valkyrie toy. Huge already made a toy <laughs> that I get 3D printed. I have it. I want one for Valkyrie too. And so I was like, all right, fine. And so we figured out that, like, the scale that the huge toy was made on was 8.7%, and that was based off of, like, scaling, I think, like, Ice Waver, Bite Force, or Tombstone. Oh, no, scaling Tombstone. That's what he went with. So I made a Valkyrie toy that was scaled to 8.7%. And then, lucky me, having teammates that work at both Mark Forge and Form Labs, uh, we ended up with, like, a toy-ready model uh, that we did send to two of the executive producers. And we conveniently had one at the season this year to hand off to a Hexbug rep. Nice. Like, well, you know, you don't have any undercutters and look at ours. Look at it be pretty. Also, it would be very easy to do motor management. So just throwing it out there. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. And we already did the work for you. Exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you want the cat. I will give you the cat. I know some of your engineers. I know what they do. Like, yeah, let me do it. Like, apparently, a lot of the um, newer toys, like, not the super complicated ones like Endgame and Bite Force, but the smaller stuff was actually done by, like, intern teams that would be there for, like, a full co-op, hmm. which is kind of cool. Because, like, that seems like the best deliverable to put on your resume is, like, yeah, you know, I designed a Hexbug toy. And for Hexbug, it's like, well, we only need one robot, so we only need one engineer to work on it. So, yeah. kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. if you think Valkyrie would be a good one of those toys. I think. Oh, yeah, no. that's a, Well, that was one of the goals, too. Like, I actually, I'm good friends uh, with, well, I'm, I'm, I'm friends with all the Baleses, I think, at this point. Plus Greg, because he's still in college. Uh, he didn't drop out like the other two. But, uh <laughs> So Max Bales was staying at Will's apartment after Will moved back to Miami. And so when we were hanging out one day, I like saw the like look board that Will had for season two Hypershock. Hmm. He had like this whole entire thread of like how to make it look toyable, how to make it look good for TV, how to make it also performance effective. And just like had a lot of different like like hand drawings or like notes just like scattered on like a whole door. And I was like, that's the right way to do it. I'm going to do that when I build my team. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like we definitely have always had that objective too of like, well, by being an undercutter, we're bringing a unique design. There's no one else that's an undercutter at the moment. There wasn't um, not going to comment on this year. Cause hmm. uh, I mean, no, sorry. It's a diagonal spinner, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now, but does that, does that flatter you a little bit when your design gets ripped off? Oh, man, yeah, you know, there's, like, there's a certain part of me that loves, like, a self-made millionaire copying a bunch of kids. It's always really good. Like, you know, you, like... <laughs> oh, see, I didn't know who you were talking about, so... And I still yeah, don't. Yeah, so. okay. Uh, <laughs> I guess we'll find yeah. out. We Yeah, we only chewed him apart last year, and then he went, you know what, I want to make their design. Oh, look, in their social media, they posted the Rev 1 version of Valkyrie's uh, motor arrangement of weapon layout, and I can actually reverse it that way because I don't CAD or anything. And he did. And then, it, yeah, and then it has stuff happen to it, which is why we went with other stuff. And I can't say anything else because he hasn't had a fight yet. So, <laughs> right. yep. well, we look forward to figuring out that mystery. Oh yeah, no, I'm sure as as time goes on, like uh, I'll be I'll be slightly more open. I was a little bit bitchy about the first couple of days. Like me and Fred separately got non apologies from this man, and he also doesn't believe women and men are equal, so that doesn't help things. Ugh. So. 
Sounds fun. All right, now, one of the things I had to ask, I think we were talking a little bit about this beforehand, what is your favorite thing to say in a stereotypical Boston accent? (laughs) Man, that's so hard because I actually try on purpose to never do a Boston accent because I'm, like, scared I'll pick it up. I would I would never guess just from hearing you talk that you were from uh, from the New England area. Yeah, I'm so. from all like now since like I, I mean I grew up in New Hampshire, but I left home at 17 to go to college, and then since then has been Rochester, New York, Indiana, North Carolina, South Carolina, Nebraska, the UK, um, New York, Philly, and now Boston. I've been in Boston on and off the last like seven years or so. Uh, okay. Uh, but yeah, New Hampshire, we just say wicked and we talk fast and we have some words that come out Canadian and then I get pointed fun at at some point. But um, you, yeah, you only let it about- slip once so far when you said a boat. There you go. Yeah. Story <laughs> and a boat are like the two. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I guess like probably I really enjoy like like if you think of any profanity to say, I feel like that it's usually best said in a Boston accent. Like, I don't know if you ever watch SNL, but SNL has a really good Dunkin' Donuts commercial they did in the last few years. And I think it just snapshot the community of Boston so well. Like, all of the, like, outside of, like, the nerd school area part of Boston, it's, like, straight up out of, like, the, go fuck yourself. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm not Dunkin' today and, the like, all that. And it's just, like... It's it's so abrasive, and like every time you actually in person walk near someone that does normally talk like that, it's sort of like, wait, you're real, you're serious. Oh no, they're so totally like, real. Oh. My uh, my father in law is a uh, Massachusetts uh, native, and uh, yeah, oh, he like, yeah, there you go, a masshole, and I make well, fun of him all the time. I'm proud to say, as a driver, I'm totally a masshole now. I used to not be, but like driving efficiency is something that's important to me. So by that, that I mean like time so if there's like a two lanes to pass someone that's going the speed limit i usually go eight above the speed limit so i will pass them and i'm being that mass hole when i do it because i'm always like really irritated about them going the speed limit or right, right below otherwise so I've, I've embraced it at this point yeah cam cam turns himself into a mass hole sometimes oh yeah i mean we're in florida so i'm basically just like hurry up and die and get out of my way so, oh no you gotta do it in the accent yeah y'all get all the snowbirds we like don't have during winter so yeah it sucks oh my what my <laughs> yeah your accent my boston yeah accent? You, you you got the boston accent i just down. say thacking a lot that's all i really do <laughs> i'm trying to think what else i do that's not i don't know all right. Well, saying, the easy way to go for it, if you can't remember, is always to say "pack the car and have it yet." And that's like <laughs> perfect. Just forget that My the accent. R is in the alphabet. Exactly. Like it's almost as, like I, I can tell the difference. Like with especially after hanging out with the Brits a ton at the season this past year, like there's a certain way you can go about talking in British, and then there's a certain way you go ahead and like re it in Boston. It's <laughs> almost the same. So I feel like it hasn't changed that much since the British days. It just got more obnoxious. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, like my, my grandmother is a crazy, super right wing luxury type and she has a very abrasive Boston accent. So usually I try to like remember certain words whenever I see her to like then use later or at least even like talk to myself. Cause like I used to do some comedy and stuff. And so when you used to try to do impressions or like get certain accents down, you just regularly talk to yourself. Mm-hmm. in that accent and try to like re-say it so if you say it wrong the first time you just keep iterating on it um and so i usually try to do that with my grandmother oh, no. i also try to do that when i don't have a roommate home because i think lucy would be very confused uh lucy on saw is my current roommate and so oh, okay. i think she's like 
she thinks I'm way more nuts after now living with you. That's fine. <laughs> All right, I have my last, uh, one, my last totally stupid game here that you can play along. Um, I think we prepped you a little bit on this. Let's say Valkyrie had her own Tinder account. And now you can base this off absolutely nothing spot decision. But if these bots um, came up on her Tinder account, would you swipe left or right for these? Now, are we basing this on looks alone or? I'm basing it on whatever Leanne wants it to be, to be honest. (laughs) Just gut opinion. Just whatever she decides. Give me one example and I'll be able to figure out how I can riff this. All right. And I've, I've got two that I'm scared to ask. But I think after this conversation, I might throw them in. Okay. But, all right, Tombstone. <laughs> all right, uh, Swipe Right. Okay. Huge. Mm. Left is just incompatible. You know, when you're you're like a certain height and you go for someone that's like too tall, it just gives you neck pain. It's not good. <laughs> right <Straight> on. <laughs> right. Ultimo Destructo. Ooh, Left. Though he wouldn't like that I say that. Yeah, well, he's trying to be too many different guys. I don't know what's going on with that. So, um, also, Sean totally thinks of himself as like he's like a cool dad playboy type. I'm pretty sure he still thinks he's the shit, even though he's a dad now. <laughs> uh, I love him a lot. Like, I give him a ton of shit. I give him a ton of show when he was at a competition last year. He's a good friend of mine. But yeah, straight up. <laughs> yeah, seems like a, um, Nelly the Ellie bot. Ugh, left seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Well, is that with the happy face or the angry face? I've heard uh, I've, yeah. I've heard rumors that there's two different faces. Oh, I can't think. I only recall the happy face, but I NDA and NDA and NDA. Uh, oh. Yeah, no, I don't know. I like. I guess if you do the the dating analogy, I like someone put together. So. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> all right, <laughs> might That's allude to what happens later on. <laughs> and okay, Sharkorpion left. All right. And also, now- that's just like personal vendetta of like at one point when my whole uh, backup, like my B team and A team were at the same day, day of filming this year, mm-hmm. um, which we have like a whole bunch of people squishing into the blue, blue or red box. I forget actually. Uh, but uh, he made a snide comment of like, oh, well, I'm just hanging out here. And there's only ever one of me. And I'm just like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I don't know. Shark is a cool robot, but just a, yeah, art bot means like no artists in general, like no. If Shark Corporation pops up on my feed, I'm swiping left too because it's probably cheap. All right, now this one, I w- I was really scared to ask this one. Is it racist if I ask Black Dragon? I don't think so. Brazilians <laughs> no. are adorable kids. Uh, also, we're a black robot. They actually have more like vibrant uh, detail than we do. Hmm. I'd say swipe right. Like All they're right. they're. A bunch of really good guys. I didn't get to talk to them too much, but like I'm really good friends with a couple of the Minotaur guys, and mm-hmm. so they were like, "Oh no, we've been you know competing against them for years. We're so excited they're here." Blah 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 blah. So yeah, they're they're the good ones. All right, and is it sexist if I ask Deep Six? Oh, Boom. wait. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Well, so two things first. Uh, One, before you ask that, so the Black Dragon thing, I have a group chat with me and a couple other captains that are very good friends of mine, and I'm the dummy that doesn't remember that it's uh, Black Dragon, and I said Bad Dragon, and I didn't know the, like, knowledge of what Bad Dragon actually is on the internet. Google it. You'll be terrified. Um, (laughs) Wait, wait. Should I I actually... Should I actually yes, Google that? Or? Because they're huge BattleBots fans, and they show up to filming every year. And so, uh, NSF, <laughs> not safe for work, NSFW. Uh, but anyways, so um, 
yeah, look that up. You'll cackle. It's fine. But I got made. Okay, fun I'm just gonna say the first uh, the first sentence that pops up is "What's your fantasy?" So I don't need to go any further right this second, but maybe <laughs> yeah, a little that, later. That uh, yeah, they showed up. Uh, they actually <laughs> they um they do a lot of sex toys, and they actually gave a bunch of teeny weenies, which is their like 3D printed silicone little things. <laughs> you know, the name says it all, right? So they gave a bunch of them to Hypershock, like in the like middle of the second week and like Kat was like so excited um she was just she was so entertained but she's like oh my god I met them and she's like a college kid she's like 19 oh uh but it was, and so deep six the sexist thing all right so like if you want to go full sex thing I always talked about deep six of like every dude on that team is like a super hunk they're all such babes like they are very 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 handsome I feel like people say that about this podcast <laughs> they don't say that about this podcast okay. yeah no they're they're like super babes they're all in the navy they're definitely not engineers i actually like tried to like support and help them I, they gave me a full rundown of their robot um when they had their first fight announced because i I'm, which i'm not gonna say obviously i'm not dumb but uh when that happened i was like hey guys all right I really want you to win stuff, so you gotta give me the run through of stuff. Cause like my primary concern when I first like heard about the robot was just how heavy of a weight that they put into their weapon. Because usually the rule of thumb across like different weight classes is like a third of the weight goes into the whole weapon assembly. Mm-hmm. Don't really go over that. Like Rex had a blade, like you know, a spinning blade of seventy pounds, and that's like going bananas. Yeah. Like that's like one of the highest ones. So that's like the you're going too big if you're at that. And like deep six, I think their like bar was like I don't know ninety to a hundred pounds or something. When they walked me through, I was like, oh gosh, guys. All right, let's let's work on where like this is just natural force diagram. You just have to draw out to figure out like what like if that spins up where they're mo- the moment of inertia. How is that affecting their gyroscopic the gyroscopic forces? Where is that force direction going to be, and how can you best balance it? Um, and obviously, in the, in the first episode, you learn that it's not balanced yet. No, so I had, no. I just heard about it because someone pointed out the giant hole in the test box. I was like. Yeah, deep six that I'm like, geez, these noob teams. Also, <laughs> I want to help them. They're cute. So, oh yeah, now now that I'm because I, I remember now that that's who we're talking about. This and is the not, navy diver guy. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. not gonna lie, handsome dude. They're all so handsome and they're wicked nice. And I just felt really bad because like I, I'm not saying who they're going against. I was like, dude, you guys, you better have this. If you don't win, it's kind of embarrassing. And I was kind of some <laughs> shit, but I was also saying truth. And one of them just gave gave me the most like terrified oh god no look and i was like oh i'm sorry no it's okay it's okay i mean it's not really okay if you lose you really shouldn't lose but also like they're there (laughs) so yeah i'm not good at like not eating my words That's going to be fun. So, huh? yeah. I get to look forward to their first fight. Yeah, I mean, that that was kind of the BattleBots resurrection-y part of it, too, was uh, you know showing them spinning up in the box, and you're like, ooh, they might have some problems if they're not tinkering with that before uh, their first fight. So, Oh, yeah. And well, the thing like- that's is uh, that, that straight-on video of it going straight at the like camera, that was just on a phone. Wow. It was like, like cell phone, like like someone holding it's the right thing, of like them like trying to just record how the spin-up looked. And they got it like perfect. And then uh, production asked them, like, hey, you had someone filming there. Can you send us this? And that's what made the cut. Huh. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking maybe they didn't want a camera anywhere near that test box because it seemed like everybody even there was kind of just taking an extra step <laughs> back almost. Oh, yeah. There was a couple of those. And actually, like, like yeah, they, I mean, they're, the safety guys are pretty good about not letting bad decision-making happen, but there was a robot that was made by some amateurs this year that had a full weapon spin-up uh, while someone was in the box, and then they ended up backed up in the corner of the box while it was sort of hovering near it because the controls weren't working because they oh. trust the person controls. Like, the person that was in charge of controls doesn't know robots that well either. Huh. Yeah, that could have shut down the whole show this year. Yeah. I really hate these guys. Uh, but like deep six was like one of the two, like Kronos and deep six both ate shit in the test box at some point. And so we had both of them have gouges in them and Valkyrie likes to do more of a floor polishing. So yeah. by having that deforming there, every time we bumped over, it made this like loud chattering noise. Um, because like we just have to avoid it. Like there was a one point where they actually bondoed over one of the gouges. And then of course my blade ended up with a bunch of red on it because oh. they used red stuff, but oh well. <laughs> kind of looks like blood, though. It might be intimidating next time you yeah. get in the box. Well, that yeah. is why we under uh, like I had to. Alex and I stripped all of the paint off of Valkyrie this year, so we could have it. So every time we got scratches, it would turn blue instead of white. Nice. Um, yeah, so we we bleed blue this year, and it matches our weapon style. So that's something to look for as we actually start to take a little bit more scrapes and and gouges and stuff. That is very cool. Well, I guess we won't keep. We'll let you again enjoy some of your semi semi vacationing. But yeah, uh, I'm just looking at this. We've been we've kept you for quite a while. Yeah, sorry, like, I'm a chatterbox. No, it's also, awesome. Like, too many things. Just like oh my god, and this and this and this and this. And also, if I say it to you guys, hopefully it means I have to say it less in person to people when I run into <laughs> no. Ace. Yeah, we we can <laughs> oh, no, do this for hours. But. They'll just ask you to explain it more and in further <laughs> detail and. But uh, so, where can we find your team online? As far as uh, Facebook, Twitter, yeah, so Facebook MySpace, is, uh, Facebook and Instagram is one of our primary uh, ones. That's what Alex is amazing at posting about. He usually does stuff every week. He's a pun master, so on occasion you might get a groan or two, or you might think they're clever. Um, and then, <laughs> uh, personally, I'm on Twitter. I do try to plug our Twitter account in there, but Alex just doesn't keep up with that one as much. And then our website for our team. It's questionabledesign.xyz. It's a singular design, not plural, because when I say questionable design XYZ, everyone always thought like the X was an S or vice versa, so I just kept it as singular. But yeah. Uh, also, yeah, we have like a build blog on there with a couple of the teammates. I run the like uh, team summary of how Valkyrie does, and then our smaller robots are usually written up on there. And then, uh, yeah, Facebook, I'd say, is probably the most popular at the moment. Cool. And are we going to get uh, new or old shirts on the BattleBot store this year from Valkyrie? Yes. Actually, I just reached out to um, the lady who is being swamped by all of our demands right now uh, for the new shirts. Um, we're going to have those. And apparently, they said conditionally, depending on the structure of it, that we might be able to put up some of our other merch as well. Like we were, we have stickers, which we do mail to fans. You just send us a direct message on our Facebook and like we, we do that. Awesome. Um, but we actually, I designed out pins as well that are uh, like reflective black enamel and then the uh, Sonic uh, design. So oh, okay. It's the six tooth blade with the Valkyrie logo. It's similar to what we have embroidered on the back of our shirts, but it's Sonic instead of Dr. Teeth. And those pins we want to post up online, which will probably go for five bucks a piece unless they want to be assholes and like re-up the price because whatever management costs. Yeah, uh, but... 
And it also we'll have those that if anyone's in the Boston sphere, um, we're going to start doing viewing parties at our Makerspace Artisans Asylum. And so Sweet. we'll uh, have those open to friends and or like anyone that contacts us on any of our social media. Uh, we're going to try to do public events on the nights that we actually have fights. Um, I'm working with the management team there for that. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll should be good and also yeah having the bright blue shirts this year oh my god you can see our logo so much better i'm so glad that the color type for what my like uh like t-shirt um company told me was actually right this year so should be good <laughs> nice that's cool i might have to get one if they're blue i like that, yes, that. Yeah, he always complains that all the shirts are black yeah yeah well that's part of why like alex specifically didn't want a black shirt and like i only wear black every day so for me, I was like, well, what's so wrong with black? But uh, yeah, we went with the royal blue this year because it matched our blade. And then besides that, all the type on the front is like the Valkyrie logo is mostly black. Um, if you're in the Boston ecosphere, want us to just send you a shirt? How about you could do that only because I'm grumpy on how much they're charging people to buy off of the site. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like we have a pile of shirts currently, especially like sizes in youth, small, medium, large. And then we just did a re-up order for our smalls and mediums and we have all the way through 4X. Okay. So, so and it's going to be the shirts that you are wearing in week one? Because those were really yep. cool. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. That one, yeah. And the funny thing about that is that um, I'm, I was so sleep deprived and not very attentive. Like we didn't get real bathrooms this year. Like I had no mirror to check how I looked when like I'd switch in just wearing that. Cause I, I usually wear these like, uh, black dresses every day that if you get stains on them, they survive. Yeah. And so I wasn't wearing the like one uniform we had for every fight. And so, um, I didn't notice that the shirt I grabbed for most of the time was a size too big. So I end up with this like really baggy shirt and like one of the skirts I have. Uh, but yeah, we have a ton of those shirts left. Like they take up two giant boxes in our, our maker space right now. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, when they, when you order through the website, they actually make them on demand with a screen printer. So that's why there's a $30 cost. But if you're in the Boston ecosphere or you want to contact us directly and depending on what size we have available after we send out all of our sponsor shirts, we'll be able to give you them at a way lower cost. I'd probably say between like 15, 20, including shipping, like generally $10 plus shipping would be what I would assume but the know the bigger sizes cost more. Might, so yeah. Might have to be contacting them then. Cause yeah, that's, a, I did like oh, yeah. those shirts a lot this season. So I was like, Ooh, I want one of those. I was just hoping that they weren't like just some leftovers from last season. So yeah, I, I like to play art, uh, when I'm not engineering, I like, uh, I've always been sort of a divided between arts and, and engineer type. And so I was sort of responsible for like the questionable designs logo and the dumb robot that's with it. That was all me doodling for like a month. Um, and Alex really likes it, so we keep it, so that's good. And then, uh, yeah, like the rest of the placement and stuff, I had a graphic designer do the initial Valkyrie, like iconic album, because he had done a bunch of uh, patches on the Star Wars Disney stuff side. They had like a bunch of patches you could buy at Disneyland, and so he did designs for them. I'm like, oh, you know, patch design, do this for us. And then I've iterated <laughs> on that design since then. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, they are yeah, nice. So, thank you again, Leanne. Uh, yeah, like I said, just. Visit them. Um, you can even get on the BattleBot site, and it has all the links, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. Yep, so. it does. Everything's there. All right. So we'll let you enjoy your vacation. Thanks again, Leanne from Valkyrie. Yeah, yes. thank you so much, guys. This has been good. Hopefully I didn't talk too much. Oh, no, <laughs> no. not at all. Wonderful. Thank <laughs> you. Cool. We'll take care. You too. Bye. All right. Bye.
right, and we are back. And how great was that? What a fantastic episode. Oh. I'm going to be laughing and replaying. I mean, I admitted I replayed her episode on the fan show like two or three times. That's the only time I've done that. I know I'm a traitor, whatever. It was yeah. funny, and this was hilarious. And she's great. <laughs> and thanks Absolutely. again. Oh, I hope we get to talk to her again. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, so... I mean, so we've been through one episode, and we're with seven with seven fights per episode. Now with the new format, we're not going to go fight by fight. We like we kind of used to, but just in general, how are you liking the new format? Um, like I said, I'm a fan. They gave us enough. You know, they would give us a fight, then a little behind the scenes, then a little fight, and it was kind of like Leanne said. How you know, last season we had the BattleBots Resurrection show that was usually yeah. like on your demand or whatever. And those were cool, and I watched all of them, but now we're kind of getting that in addition to the show, and I wasn't sure if it was going to work or if two hours was going to be too much, and the answer is yes, it works, and no, it's not too much, at least for one episode. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back, because I didn't fast forward through everything. I, those were the, actually the parts I stopped at, were the, were the bits in the pits and... Uh, Wow. Well, what's her? Oh, I'm brain farting on the on the the, la- the lady's name. That the pit reporter. Help me out here. Whoosh! I apologize. I've only gotten to know her <laughs> once so far. I know, but she's doing a great job. She really did. I mean, I, I know that that's like no offense to Jessica Showbot, but and I even said last year, like the episode that the co-host was kind of doing the sideline reporting. I was like, I. He he did fine. I didn't really miss Jessica that much. So yeah. this this lady seems really cool. She seems enthusiastic about it. So I'm game. You know, see her a little more. I didn't remember Samantha Ponder's name for like three or four weeks. I can't. You know, I didn't know Chris Rose's name for like six weeks. So yeah. it it happens. I I'm more. I yeah, pay more no, attention to the bots. I apologize. No offense to Chris and Kenny, but that, those are the past ah, parts I fast forward through. Oh yeah, I, mean, I watch live. So how about we'll give, we'll do like ten seconds on each fight because it, I didn't make any notes about any of the fights anyway. So all right, well, f- so I'll go through them. Uh, just the so the undercard first was Sawblaze and Rotator. Um, Rotator had to go the, with the, a wonky no blades. Setup. So we had like the weird setup. I didn't even. I was like, is that that's Rotator? Yeah. Um, the best thing about that fight was. Um, Victor's look on his face when he had him penned up against the rail early on. Yeah. When everybody's ooing and aahing, he's just rolling his eyes about the the blade hitting him. That's probably <laughs> going to be very meme-worthy on uh, the Reddit's BattleBots page. All right, so then we have Cobalt and Sub-Zero. Cobalt, Cobalt. Shredder, man. I, Freaking Cobalt, man. That's that's probably the most nasty blade I've seen in quite a while. I, Sorry, Ravi. Well, Red Devil wasn't his build anyway. So. I think definitely a tournament, a Final 16 selection for sure. I mean, I know it was Sub-Zero, but man, he, he shredded that thing. And, you know, again, I know I'm trying to be nicer to these teams, but Sub-Zero, seriously, are you just out there as like an abuse bot? Yeah. Just, well, but you know, usually it takes the abuse. That's the the reason behind it like it doesn't get knocked out but it got shredded oh like, yeah literally that thing got chewed. it looked like it was made of like tinfoil uh kraken versus ribbit or ribot however you yeah. want how do you want to pronounce um, that you know it's it's the design is cute but if the frog's flammable isn't that going to be a problem <laughs> yeah 
You know? <laughs> I mean, and the children watching, and these limbs are just getting torn off. I mean, yeah, um, it's a little traumatic. You know, it's the from what I hear, the, the Kraken people are a great group, so it was cool to see them get a win. Uh, you know, we saw them in the Maker Fair, so cool. I liked it, looked like, um, you know, the bite was a little more powerful yeah. this season. Uh, Death Roll and Endgame. Uh, Death Roll is an interesting looking bot. You know, that felt like a football game where one team just outplayed the crap out of the other team and then had like two terrible turnovers and lost the game. Endgame dominated and then just I got didn't flipped think over. They dominated. They were whooping that ass. No. They I, were they were hitting each other. I gotta say this, Jack, if this was a video game, he'd probably get a nine for aggression. And maybe like a three or four for strategy right now. Because he kind of goes all in. He's got a bot that is pretty nasty, but somehow manages to lose some fights that they should win. Now, the next one, Valkyrie and Hypershock. We kind of touched on it, but we didn't really. Uh, Hypershock is fast. Now, you know when teams say in like any sport that they're going to go at the opponent right away? Yeah. He really put that, that he used that term literally. Just went right at Valkyrie. Um, yeah, they were they were across the arena really before they could e- before Valkyrie could even move. Yeah, but I mean Valkyrie got back in it. Uh, you know, started shredding his tires, um, but just with it being upside down, just couldn't get low enough to deal any real damage. Unfortunately, yeah, I think that that start to that uh, match kind of took them by surprise, and they were just reeling after that. Now Quantum and Blacksmith. Now this one's interesting because Quantum is it might be a crusher bot that actually works how did you feel about that match i was a little i kind of understood what al was complaining about how they basically just pinned him three times and well, didn't let him move and then it went to the scorecard and it's like well who were you going to vote for he he had him pinned the whole time blacksmith couldn't do anything well so at one point i kind of just looking at some of the editing it does look like maybe at one point they did end up separating them and then restarting the match and uh quantum got him basically in the same spot and then it, they couldn't get it separated again um i i kind of agree with the quantum guys where it's you know where the reason they didn't fall off was because their armor is so thick because it's not uh-huh. like they have like a catch mechanism or anything that's yeah like kind of hooking and sticking um but it i mean at the same time it was kind of weird yeah i i will say the quantum that's like a billionaire's petunia. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I mean, it is a it's a it's a pretty bot. Yeah, like it I can is. see why some of the teams we've talked to uh, it, were kind of drooling over yeah, it a little bit. It's another one to get excited about for sure. Uh, so the the main event was Tombstone and Lockjaw. Uh, Lockjaw had that stupid plow on the back of it. Well, I mean, at this point though, especially after the end of last season. Maybe that's kind of the blueprint for fighting Tombstone now, is just put that big block up there, let it absorb the blows, maybe send some of that energy back at Tombstone, and hope that he kind of knocks himself out. Yeah, but I, I loved the uh, the move from Ray where he backed into him and then then turned into his side and just shredded his tires off. Yeah, he gave him the deke move, and um, yeah, I mean, he... Um, Lock Shows that went, it's not all just power in Tombstone. No, it, there was Ray is a skilled driving. driver. Yeah, um, Lockjaw chased, turned right into him, slashed the side of him, game over. It yes, was a very quality move. Um, your team of the week, who had the best week? Oh, I'm gonna say Cobalt Man. I I loved that thing. I think it's I think it's gonna go far. Yeah, um, 
I'm going to go with Hypershock. I wouldn't have said they were favored in that match, although when you heard you know, Leanne pregame, she kind of said, like, if they put it together, they're going to be hard to contend with. So I'm just going to say they had the best week because I don't know if they were favored in that one, but they got a big win early. Well, and, and so another shout-out, we kind of mentioned it on the, uh, I think we mentioned it while we were recording, was the live event they had in Vegas the day before the episode aired yes. where Witch Doctor won that and really just took it to Bronco and Tombstone. Yeah, I mean, you talk about exercising some demons there. Uh, that that was a big win, and you could tell they were excited about that. Um, just beating Tombstone, because, you know, you had the 2016 tournament match where they did everything but beat them in that match, yeah. and that had to be a little hard. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think beating two heavyweights like that in that tournament's got to be a good feeling. And that actually, for a live event, went pretty smoothly. I mean, now, in the middle there, there was that huge layover, but they had to, you know, fix the bots. Yeah. So it was It was a live event, so it was understandable. I watched it later, so I was able to skip it. <laughs> so. Yeah, but even... Even like between the matches and even going from the end of the match to the judges' decisions, it was pretty seamless. I yeah. I would not be against them doing another live event, especially if they want to come down to Florida where you know you got a lot of teams now apparently. Yeah, so we could see some of that like the big action in, in person. It looked like they had a really good crowd there too, so Yeah, was that that was at the uh Las Vegas International Speedway? Yeah. So now Jen was there with Scorpio, so I wonder if she was tempted to pull a little pink Corvette out and do some laps around the speedway. You know <laughs> she wanted to. I know, but you, you know she would have liked to have at least done a lap around. Was that 2.5-mile oh, yeah. track? Uh, probably. I think, I think a it's a mile and a half. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I would. that would have been cool if she had had some Facebook video of her doing a couple laps around, even a turn. I would have been like, you go, Jen. So, uh, so any... Any predictions now that we've seen the live event, we've seen the first episode, does it change any of your view? Um, my stock on Witch Doctor's obviously gone up. Yes. I'd say. Um, I'm, I would say they, absent some serious technical issues, should be in the tournament this year. And Cobalt. Yes, Cobalt. And, um, man, just, yeah, Cobalt. I, I was so impressed with him. So... Yeah, I mean, now we have to see how he does against different bots. I mean, maybe there's the type of bot that, you know, not too, that he may not do great on. But, you know, so far, that was a pretty impressive showing. So just a, so just a quick couple of, well, not really a couple of, just a quick thing to share. We have started this, this dedicated feed for this podcast. So we I will be posting uh, the podcast in both feeds, uh, but... Freaking Apple has not okayed the the breaking bots feed y- yet by itself, so you can still f- find it on SoundCloud. Uh-huh. I mean, obviously, if you're listening on uh, the Brian and Cam talk sports and stuff podcast, it's got to be all that World War II trutherism I post on there. <laughs> That's probably why they're iffy right now. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's still uh, it's it's still gonna be on that feed, but uh, you know, if you don't mind, click give the other feed some love. Yeah. You know, hopefully, eventually, we'll be transitioning over to that completely. So, you know, but uh, I I may even post some of the episodes uh, from the our other podcast. Just you know, maybe for Throwback Thursday. Yeah, we could do that. So, big thanks again to Leanne Cushing. Uh, we would love to have her back on again. She Absolutely. was fantastic. Uh, yeah, one of the 
most fun episodes I have done. So um, I will be rooting for I will be rooting for Valkyrie, rooting the hell out of Valkyrie. Uh, like I told her, it's probably going to be my wife's favorite podcast as soon as we play this. So and, and we need to get shirts. So yeah. you got to get on that. I'm going to get one of those shirts. I think. Uh, you got well, call no, dibs. <laughs> you got Battle Royale, man. I know. <laughs> I still might get one, though. All right. Well, still might. So see if she has a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, everyone. Have a All great right. night. Night, folks. <laughs>